baby bus. Around the world in 80 days. Episode 7, Rescue Operation. The Bombay Tiger stood at a distance of more than 10 meters away, silently staring at Mr. Fogg and the others. This, this tiger, what is it thinking? It's probably thinking that it's found its dinner for today. The hair on Passepartout's arms stood on end. Brigadier Cromarty and the guide were very frightened too. Only Mr. Fogg looked calm, like they were encountering a cat and not a tiger. With a startled roar, the Bombay Tiger suddenly rushed toward Mr. Fogg and the others. It reached them in the blink of an eye. It sprang high and waved its sharp claws toward the party of people. Oh! We're doomed! We're going to be eaten by a tiger! <laughs> Passepartout was so terrified, he reached out and hugged Brigadier Cromarty, who sat in front of him. <coughs> Passepartout, let let go! I can't breathe! <coughs> At this moment, Mr. Fogg patted the elephant Kiuni calmly. It's your turn now. As soon as Mr. Fogg stopped talking, Kiuni's trunk swung out like a rod and landed squarely on the tiger's head, flinging the beast 20 feet away. The Bombay tiger struggled to get up, terror replacing the menace in its eyes. It gave up on Mr. Fogg and the others, then turned its head and ran away in disgrace. Wow, Keone is really amazing. No, I think my master is even more amazing. Sir, can you actually control Keone? Passepartout, Cromarty, and the guide turned to look at Mr. Fogg, like they were looking at a general who had won a battle. I thought Keone must have gone through extensive training to be able to understand human language. I thought he might understand my command, and then he really did drive off the Bombay Tiger at my command. Brigadier Cromarty nodded his head in admiration. Mr. Fogg, you're the cleverest, bravest person I've ever met. Mr. Fogg and his party continued riding the elephant. The next evening, they arrived at a dense jungle. It was an extremely bumpy ride on the elephant's back. Mr. Fogg, Brigadier Cromarty, and the guide were all exhausted from all the jolting. They dismounted one after another, choosing to walk. Only Passepartout continued riding on Kiuni. He was very energetic. <laughs> Gentlemen, let Passepartout perform a stunt for you! Rolling giant ball! Hey! Tumble, tumble. Following the elephant's movement, Passepartout jolted onto the elephant's head in a flash, then was flung to the elephant's bottom the next moment. He rolled here and there like a giant ball. Brigadier Cromarty and the guide were amused by Passepartout, and they burst out laughing. Huh? What's that sound? From where he was rolling around on the elephant, Passepartout became so startled, he nearly hurtled from the elephant's back. Mr. Fogg and the others pushed apart the thick leaves and poked their heads out to look. They saw a long procession made up of monks, guards, and a group of people in strange garments, all moving in their direction. Can it be a procession celebrating a carnival? No. 
This is a premature burial funeral procession for an Indian Raja. The guide pinched the corner of his shirt involuntarily, appearing very afraid. What's a premature burial? Premature burial is... Uh... Brigadier Cromarty had not even finished speaking when Passepartout suddenly interrupted him. <gasps> Look over there! Everyone looked in the direction Passepartout was pointing. At the end of the procession, two monks were carrying a woman. The woman looked very young. She had a sharp nose and big eyes. Her posture was graceful and her skin pale. She was wearing exquisite jewelry. The woman struggled with all her might. Let me go! The monks carrying her laughed coldly. Lady Ahuja, you must accept your fate. Our Raja is dead. As his wife, you should be buried with him. This is our tradition. As he said that, the monk pointed in front of him. A crowd danced around a scary mask of a monster. Do you see that? The mask symbolizes our Raja. Tomorrow morning, you'll be burnt to ashes alongside with him. <laughs> tradition? Why would I want to be the victim of this kind of barbaric tradition? After all, I was forced to marry your Raja in the first place. The woman struggled even harder, but she was too weak and couldn't free herself. You mean premature burial is burning the wife to death after the Raja has passed away? Passepartout clenched his fists, staring with widened eyes like a ferocious lion. You're absolutely right. Brigadier Cromarty nodded his head sadly. I didn't think India still had such barbaric customs. What do you think about rescuing that girl? Rescue? Passepartout, Brigadier Cromarty, and the guide all stared at Mr. Fogg in astonishment. This is going to be very dangerous. If you're unwilling to go with me, you can wait for me here. Sir, I'll follow you anywhere. Uh, I'm with you too. These people will stay at the temple nearby. I am the only one who knows the exact location. Count me in. All right, let's catch up with them. I'm going to give them a good thrashing. Passepartout waved his fists and was about to rush outside when Mr. Fogg pulled him back. Passepartout, don't be rash. We have to deploy strategically. Our enemy is very strong, so we have to make our move when it's dark and carry out the rescue before daybreak. Mr. Fogg patted the guide's shoulder. You're in charge of putting the elephant in a safe place near the temple. That way, it will be easier for us to escape if there's danger. Yes, sir. Mr. Fogg looked at Passepartout and Brigadier Cromarty. Both of you need to look for two rods to use as weapons and be ready to counter any unexpected situations. Yes, sir. Understood. Let's rest for now. Soon, we'll fight a difficult battle. It grew dark very quickly. Under the lead of the guide, Mr. Fogg and the others arrived at a place close to the temple. They parted the bushes carefully, and the scene before them gave them a shock. In the open space outside the temple, the people from the funeral procession were spread out in confusion. There were also many wine bottles scattered around. Sir, they seem to be drunk. I don't see the monks in the open space. If I'm not wrong, Lady Aouda and the monks are in the temple. Mr. Fogg pondered for a while. Let's go in and have a look. Hopefully, the monks are drunk too. 
Sir, I'll lead the way. Passepartout led the way. He walked out of the thicket. The party groped their way stealthily toward the temple door. But they hadn't walked far when two tipsy guards suddenly walked around the bend in front of them. Hey! Hey, drink, let's drink! Let's Guys, let's continue drinking! Woo! Let me go look for some wine first. It was a critical situation. Mr. Fogg quickly winked at the rest, and the party fled in the direction they had come from. Just at this moment, something unexpected happened. Passepartout, who was at the end of the line, stepped on a wine bottle and fell. Plop! Mr. Fogg and the rest had already crawled into the thicket. With no time to think, Passepartout quickly got up and slithered up a big tree nearby. Whoa, did you see that? I think I saw something climb up the tree. I think it's a monkey. No, I don't think there's such a fat monkey in the world. I think it's a pig. Pigs can't climb trees. Let's just, let's go over and look. From his hiding place in the tree, Passepartout pouted. How absurd! They called me a pig! I'm not fat! Before he had finished saying this, the branch he was standing on broke. He tumbled straight to the ground. Ouch! Oh, I should really lose some weight! Passepartout rubbed his hurt bottom and looked up casually. He was stunned. The two guards stood right in front of him, staring at him with rounded eyes.